Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. And hello and good morning. You're on Dirt Radio with Colin and I got Dan here with me. How are you going, mate? Good, mate. Good. Perfect. We'll chat with Dan a little bit later. Dan is part of a Health Worker Co-op and is doing an amazing job at the Latrop Valley. So we're broadcasting, as you know, live from the 3CR studio in Collingwood. And Dirt Radio is a show sponsored by Friends of the Earth Melbourne. You can check us out at www.fo.org. .au. But at the moment, the big question is around jobs, health and environment. It's why that most of us turn our eyes in the direction of the valley who is powering Victoria, the Latrop Valley and the community there. Kate Watcho is the new community campaigner for Four to link with this community. She is the local and will work with local groups like Voice of the Valley and others to work towards a better future. Hi, Kate. How are you going? Yeah, I'm good. How are you going? Yeah, very well. So, as I said, you, you grew up in a valley on a small farm. You like, like bushwalking, kayaking, and uh, you're also volunteering at the, the riding for the Disabled Centre in uh, Waragul. And also, you're working now at Friends of the Earth on that campaign. You're part of the Latrobe community, and so you got a per- you're the perfect person for the job. Could you please describe us what you do and uh, what do you mean by a job transition? Yeah, well, um, I started in this position in April, and uh, as you mentioned, because I live in the community, um, I was kind of in a g- really good position to be able to connect this Melbourne group as well as the Valley. Um, so, of course, they've already been working so well together that it really helps to have kind of feet on the ground. Um, my role is really diverse, uh, but it includes things like, um, you know, working with the local community groups to establish what their desires and needs are and, uh, you know, what we can do to support them, you know, in a really kind of, in the way that is best for the group. And, um, you know, this can involve, um, you know, just being part of that conversation about a, what a just transition is and, uh, you know, producing content for the groups, uh, assisting with the running of events, as well as attending events and meetings. Um, but really, it, it changes from week to week because you know there's so much happening in the Latrobe Valley. And what's happening at the moment? Well, oh gosh, big question. Um, I mean, there's lots of people are working on you know different kind of plans for what a transition is and how we can actually make it happen. There's the uh, Victorian Renewable Energy Auctions, um, which are, you know, we're hoping to connect that with the Valley because that would help drive investment in the region, which would create jobs. Uh, there's the Walk for the Valley event coming up, which uh, the Earth, Earth Worker Group has been organising. Um, and there's, you know, stuff going on with schools and, you know, other events. 
so uh, it's kind of packed schedule for everyone. Could you could you describe a little bit more about this renewable auction? Well, the Victorian renewable energy auctions are kind of the next step after we had the Victorian renewable energy target, uh, because these auctions are how we actually get you know, businesses to. Um, get projects to reach that target. So um, it's a reverse auction, so it kind of functions a little differently to the normal ones. Um, but we're hoping to get, you know, either in the first round of auctions or in some of the ongoing ones, um, get a project in the valley to help start driving that transition, which is, you know, it's not just about um, jobs, it's also about, you know, the, the community and the electricity production. As we're moving away from coal, we need to replace it with something, and of course, renewable energy is the best thing for that. So your your job is mostly focused into a, an energy transition, isn't it? From the this coal industry and uh, coal fire plants here in the Latrobe. Yeah, well, it's energy transition as well as like community transition because, of course, it's all interconnected. So. Um, you change one thing and you've, you've got to look at all these things that's going to impact. So we want, we, we've got so much of that energy infrastructure here already, but when you change, you know, how the energy is produced, you change the jobs that are involved with that. And when you change the jobs, you change education. So it's a really complicated issue, but um, we've got some really comprehensive plans which groups like Voices of the Valley are working on that are, you know, ideal for kind of facing this issue and going at it in like a um, proactive way because you can't just kind of wait for things to change and then try and pick up the pieces. You've yeah. got to have a plan and implement that. Yeah, totally. I so agree with you. And like talking about this plan, so uh, I've heard that there is a transition centre that's been put in place by the crew of The Voice of the Valley, who's a local collective of concerned members of the community. Uh, how this transition centre actually works? Well, the, one of the um, parts of that their transition plan is having an energy innovation centre, so kind of creating a hub for these different renewable energy technologies, um, and that would involve you know, producing energy, producing the actual um, you know, solar panels and technology that we need, as well as the education side. So you know we need to teach people how to install solar panels and how to do maintenance, uh, and so having that hub where it kind of connects the industry as well as, you know, education, as well as the community-owned aspect of energy production is, uh, that's kind of, broadly speaking, what this transition centre and plan involves. And who's taking part of this uh, of these discussions? Is the, the community, some big guys, politics? Who, who's sitting around these tables? Well... Kind of everyone, because it's you know it's an issue that includes everyone. Um, so the, the community is doing most of the driving at the moment, which is you know how it should be. Um, you know there is support from the state government. Um, you know the Andrews government has dedicated money in the next state budget to helping you know fund a transition. But you know it'd be great to have more buy-in from politicians, both kind of local, state, and federal, because I mean the Latrobe Valley has been producing energy for, for uh, Victoria for so long. And also because of this issue of climate change, we have to transition away from coal, but you can't just you know, abandon the community. And so that's why we need a really you know, comprehensive involvement from you know, everyone who's 
you know, in the area and as well as in kind of involved in the issue in any way. Yes, exactly. Do you feel that the community, um, not especially the people from Voice of the Valley, whose uh, type of crew are already uh, keen to go towards the transition, but the the other people who's working in the industry has more like a, like me, a normal punter, uh, would is aware about this that this transition must happen. Well, I think it's kind of on the horizon for most people, but because you have so many people in such a diverse range of personal situations, um, you know, obviously somebody who's, you know, working directly in you know, renewable technology, they'll be they'll have much more, you know, knowledge about the need to transition than say somebody who's not working in it and is also, you know, struggling with their own bills because we've got an area of kind of um that has been that has faced many struggles in the past. Uh, you know, that you can't expect um, you know everyone to be able to commit under 100% of their time to it because you know people have to take care of themselves as well. So um, you know, it's it's kind of out there, but it's there's different patches of people who are more involved than others. Yeah, yeah, yes. And is this? Uh, I mean. And um, I would like to talk a little bit about Hazelwood and like the impact of inside this community. So we, we've heard that the NG Energy, who, who owns a big part of Hazelwood, is, is really pushing hard to stop coal plants all around the world to try to clean up their very dirty portfolio. Is the people around the, the Latrop Valley aware and take that... Uh, these things pretty seriously that Hazelwood might close in a in the future. Yeah, people are pretty aware of that, and um, that it's kind of a it's a bit problematic because there there isn't a, a set plan. Like um, you know, because of you know climate change, uh, you know Hazelwood does have to close because it's one of the most polluting stations. But the thing is, uh, so many people rely on it for jobs, and it's and, you know, electricity in the local area. Um, so that's kind of a real problem that could be that could be helped by having a really clear plan for the valley, uh, having, you know, a projected uh, end date, having projected plans for everyone who's kind of involved in that industry so that they can you know, transition their jobs as well. So that's kind of, yeah, it, it is a current problem that exists in the community. And how long do you reckon this transition would took place? Uh, well, it would be really an ongoing process because, um, you know, we'd, we'd be going from kind of a point source energy production and, you know, a very centralised set of jobs to diversifying the economy and diversifying energy production. Um, you know, we need to have at the moment a, probably a, more of a rapid transition than later because we need to create those industries and jobs for local people as well as, uh, you know, preventing as much CO2 entering the atmosphere as we can. Uh, but it's going to be, you know, transition is going to be ongoing for, you know, a very long time, even after that initial rapid shift. What's the issue you encounter with your, with your work? Sorry? The problems you, you're facing by, to, to put this transition in place. Um, well, 
I guess there's a lot of challenges, but um, I'm just trying to put a, a positive word instead of problems. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, having having such a diverse community, uh, it can be, you know, there's always going to be, um, you know, difficulties with getting, you know, everyone to agree on something. And, you know, maybe it's not even necessary for everyone to agree on one solid thing, but just getting that productive conversation going and getting plans actually, you know, begun and, you know, not just staying in that talking phase. Uh, as well as getting, you know, politicians and communities outside of Latou Valley to, you know, support the work that's going on here because there is a bit of a case of out of sight, out of mind. You know, it's 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 very easy for people to go, oh, uh, the coal mines, they should close, you know, somewhere over the horizon. But, um, yeah, it's a bit different being you know, actually in the area working on that. So there's a few challenges of, you know, people and distance and that sort of thing. Yeah, and especially when this industry has been inside the valley for so many years, it's really part of uh, uh, the culture and the life of uh, so many people around. So it could be a little bit uh, drastic to just change everything straight away. Uh, how would you like uh, people to to be involved and to, to support your campaign? Well, some of the great ways that people can be involved would be you know, supporting groups like Earthworker who have these plans that they're putting into place to, you know, begin new industries in the area, as well as, um, you know, going onto the Voices of the Valley website because they've got some great content about what transition is and what the Valley needs. And um, there's always calling out for volunteers as well as um, donations. And, you know, sometimes donations can seem a bit, you know, oh, but I'd rather get my feet on the ground. But something that the local groups could really benefit from is, you know, having a few extra funds. Yeah. Um, and you know, also you know, getting involved in calling on politicians at a state and federal level to be really proactive about this issue because what we need is bipartisan support for you know, you know proactive strategies to transition the valley. And um, you know, as as things progress, hopefully it'll become you know easier for people to make their voice heard uh, because it is such a confusing issue. Um, there does people do have to educate themselves about it first. But, yeah, there's lots of ways that people can be involved. It's just a, a matter of you know, getting out there and figuring out what, what needs to be done and then helping out to get it done. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Thank you very much, Kate, for your time and all the best for, with your campaign. Thanks. And uh, thanks for having me on your show. It's my pleasure. So Kate is a community campaigner for Friends of the Earth at the Latrobe Valley. She works very closely to local groups and transition center. You can get involved by following links onto the website www.votv.org.au. Now I'll play just a quick community announcement and we are back with Dan to talk about the industrial co-op solution for the transition. Which base provides key information for every US drone strike, played a crucial role in Iraq and Afghanistan wars, as well as providing targeting and surveillance information for the Israeli Defence Force? Star Wars. The Empire Strikes Back. War is terrorism. It's the Pine Gap Joint Defence Facility, located just 20 kilometres from Alice Springs on Aranda Country, and this year marks 50 years of its inglorious existence. Come and join the Closed Pine Gap protest near the gates of the base from September 26 to 30. For all the details, head to closepinegap.org. 
getting quick to book your early bird bus ticket from Melbourne for just $200 return. That's closepinegap.org. See you there. Close Pine Gap is a 3CR supporter. Is terrorism Star Wars. And you're back on Dirt Radio, a show sponsored by Friends of the Earth. You're with Colin and Dan. So we just had a chat with Kate, uh, who's part of Friends of the Earth, and she's, she's, do, she was, she's doing the relation with the Latrobe Valley, trying to coordinate uh, and help and support the, the community there to have a just transition. Now, I would like to talk a little bit about more the earth worker jobs over there. So, he's a community-led initiative to provide sustainable, health-creating jobs, being empowered local communities, and provide a clean energy solutions. Dan, you're the earth worker secretary. Yeah. Thanks for being here with us. Thanks for having me. Great to be here again. <laughs> could, could you explain, give us a quickly a little bit of a background about Earthwalker in the Latrobe Valley. Sure. Um, so the Earthworker Cooperative project is a long-running one that um, comes out of a, I guess, a long tradition of, around Australia and throughout the world, workers and communities standing up to have a greater say and be, be a greater force in shaping the communities and the economies and the workplaces in which they live. Um, and Earthworker has... has arisen in Australia here in, and, and with a real focus in the Latrobe Valley through a recognition of the needs to deal with climate change at the same time as dealing with questions of livelihoods and the way that we live and meet our needs. Um, so the Earthworker Cooperative Project has been looking now for a number of years to make really practical contributions to this question of what a just transition might look like for the Latrobe Valley as we deal with climate change by moving away from coal and also then deal with the question of how we sustain um, communities and livelihoods like those in the Latrobe Valley. Um, and Earthworker has sought to do that by setting up a network of community and worker-owned businesses, cooperatives, um, in sustainability-focused industries located in places like the Latrobe Valley. So the first project is called Eureka's Future Workers Cooperative. It's the first, um, will, be, will be the first in this, what hopefully will be a broad network of worker cooperatives. And Eureka's Future will manufacture solar hot water systems and other um, yeah, renewable energy components yeah. right down in the valley in Morwell where I'm living uh, in a worker-owned factory. Um, so trying to make a really practical, tangible step in what a transition could look like in terms of energy, looking at solar hot water and energy-efficient technology, but also in terms of employment for people, not just providing jobs that local people can, can live with, but different kinds of jobs jobs that are democratic. Worker cooperatives are run and owned by their workers. And unlike most workplaces in the world, workers are given a say in how the business runs, not just in terms of how it affects them as workers, but how it participates in and it engages in and supports the broader community. Um, worker cooperatives too, for that reason, tend to make decisions that, are, um, that have at their heart the interest of the broader community in which they exist. So looking at creating different kinds of work and different kinds of ways to sustain ourselves. So this, this uh, co cooperative is already in place? So the Eureka's Future Workers Cooperative has been um, a long time coming. It's been many years of hard work to, to get this off the ground. Um, and as, as anyone who's been involved in business knows, starting up businesses is, is difficult work. Yeah. Um, 
So the Eureka's Future Workers' Cooperative, as the first project of Earthworker, got a really big um, kickstart a couple of years ago. We'd been partnering with um, a small local manufacturer based in Dandenong called Everlast, who may have been making really high-quality solar hot water tanks. And we had an agreement with them, um, a really an unusual alliance, I suppose, with us between this um, organisation that's come out of the labour union movement, combined with the green movement, and a small manufacturer, an un unusual alliance, to see that technology, the solar hot water tanks, be made down in a worker-owned factory in the Latrobe Valley in Morwell. Um, unfortunately, over the past few years, Everlast, that original partner business, had, had fallen on hard times, and so a really strong effort was made by the Earthworker Cooperative project and community to try and save that factory and make sure that we could still set up a worker-owned factory making that te technology down in the valley. Yeah. And... A couple of years ago, um, there was an enormous fundraising effort undertaken by members of the Earthworker Cooperative, which is an Australia-wide organisation um, that people can join if they're interested, by the way. Um, and we raised over $500,000 to purchase machinery and intellectual property, IP, in order to make um, these high-quality solar hot water tanks. Um, unfortunately, we weren't quick enough to save the Everlast factory, and that went under earlier this year. Dark. Which was a real shame. It's, yeah, it's it was it was an awful thing, and it's an unfortunately um, common story in Australia. Yeah, in manufacturing, we've seen that lots of small businesses go under in the past few years. And employing people and yeah. things like that. It's and not especially having all the support you would need from political. Exactly. Yeah. But thanks to the the hard work of the Earthworker Project and and the the very, very generous support of our members in, in, mm -hmm. in helping raise this money by loaning money to the cooperative. Yeah, half we, a million. You yeah, raised. it's a lot of money. And it's, um, it's really, there was no big investors doing that. It was everyday people deciding to put some of their own money forward, um, knowing that, you know, it, it, it wasn't a sure investment. Um, How do you include this local community into your transition? Yeah, great question. Um, well, so right now, we have this machinery and this this technology yeah. and and the intellectual property and we have moved that all down to it's sitting in a new factory site in Morwell. We're now looking at ways of setting up manufacturing and setting up the help the factory get off the ground down there in Latrobe Valley yeah. now. Um, and so, and that's a key way that um, we're working with local local community now is is looking at how to get this business off the ground. Um, Earthworker, it's, it needs to be said. Has has always, um, you know, had the strong links and, and origins in the Latrobe Valley. Um, it, the focus on the Latrobe Valley, as I said, has come from a long understanding that we can't deal with the question of climate change and the transition from in energy if, unless we also look at the ways that places like the Latrobe Valley and the economies and work um, also changes. Yeah. Um, and Earthworker has kind of come about through organisers in the Latrobe Valley realising this and working closely with groups like the Mining and Energy Union and also in the past the Gippsland Trade and Labour Council. How have you been welcomed by the, by the union? Yeah, so it's actually that the mining is a really interesting, another interesting example of the alliances that Earthworker has managed to build is that um, Dave Kerrin, one of the key founders of Earthworker, and um, he was working in the Latrobe Valley for the CFMU, the Construction, Forestry, Mining and Energy Union, which represents mine workers and coal workers in the valley. He was an organiser down there, um, and it was during his time in the valley that the Earthworker business plan first got um, produced, and that was partially supported and funded by the Mining and Energy Union, 
um, by a great progressive union leader down there called Luke Vandermeulen, who's since retired. But um, there was a very strong uh, support there from the mining union in recognising that things were going to change and that uh, really, if, if they're going to change, we should get on the front foot and make sure that those changes, A, don't just hurt us, but B, can be for the better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The Gibson Trade and Labor Council also, um, Dave Karen was a member on the board down there for a number of years. And so there was um, collaboration and support with the Gibson Trade and Labor Council for times as well. Um, and there remains strong connections with a, a number of really large unions in Victoria supporting the Earthworker Project because lots of unions recognise that. Um, workers owning and controlling their own workplace is a great thing for workers mm-hmm. and for the communities in which they exist and see a real role for more um, cooperatives like this into the future. So they don't specially see uh, Earthwalker and your um, hot water solar plant uh, being uh, as a competition for them or seeing you as uh, enemies or anything. They, they, most of them would be like supporting, supportive about your... Well, no, in fairness, there is a real diversity of, of views. Um, there's a really interesting history between trade unions and worker cooperatives. Um, yeah. Whilst they come from the same place, essentially, and with very similar goals of empowering working people, um, they haven't always been the closest of allies. In um, Australia, we don't have a huge history of worker cooperatives. In the world elsewhere... Um, They've, they've been shown to be very successful and flourishing as there's thousands and thousands of worker cooperatives around the world. In Australia, that hasn't been the case. And there are a large number of unions in Australia who are very supportive of the project and, are, and some like the National Union of Workers who have su- supported and helped um, look at worker cooperative projects get off the ground around Australia. Um, others are, have also, yeah, are a bit um, bit unsure about how, how things could work and uh, also, I guess, have learnt the hard way that sometimes... Um, initiatives at workplaces that are led by companies under the guise of worker empowerment are often um, not that at all, kind of cr- sneaky ways of abdicating responsibility yeah. um, and trying to push that onto workers. So unions um, have also, you know, had to be learned to be quite wary about certain things as well, which is understandable. You are organising a 100 kilometres walk to put working people, community health and the climate first in the valley. Could you explain a little bit more about this, uh, that work who's coming up? Yeah. So this is, um, this is really exciting. This is one um, really practical way that people can get involved and support this broader conversation and push for a just transition in the Latrobe Valley. Um, so the plan is to walk, as you said, from Melbourne um, all the way down to Morwell. Um, we'll go from Pakenham, actually, which is on the outskirts of Melbourne, over seven days, starting on the 19th of September. Um, I guess the three main aims, to my mind, are, one, to kind of um, really build a movement and conversation around a just transition for the valley, recognising that if we want to deal with the climate crisis, we need to act very soon. And if we're going to act soon, we need to do it in a way that's just, and a way, as, as Earthworker is trying to do, that builds alternatives that are, in fact better, more democratic, more sustainable, more, more participatory and engaging. Um, second aim is to raise some funds. So um, if you'd like to walk all, with us all the way from Melbourne to Moorwell, you can um, encourage people to sponsor you to do that yeah, walk. Sweet. Um, so we'll hopefully be raising money to help get this factory off the ground. And the third goal, I guess, as well, is to 
put some pressure on governments to say, look, there's strong support for this project. There's strong support for a, a just transition in the valley. Listen and get behind it. Um, so it's going to be a yeah fantastic few days. We'll be stopping in various towns throughout Gippsland on the way, meeting with different local organisations, hearing a lot about earthworker history, about the history of different um, organisations throughout Gippsland and throughout the valley. Um, so I encourage people, if they're interested, to have a look at the website. We have a, um, a website for the valley specifically, the walkforthevalley.org, or you can jump on our Facebook page, um, and there's also a Facebook event. St- get on, on that to check out up for updates and more information. Um, and, it, yeah, it's going to be... A, Great fun to walk on, and yeah, if, if you can't I, walk even just for a few days, feel free to yeah you can yeah you can just like jump into one or two. Uh... Yeah, come for a leg, come for a couple of days, come yeah. for one day. We'll be having a really big arrival day into Morwell on the twenty fifth of September, which is a Sunday, where we'll be hearing from lots of local organisations who are already work, working on what they see as as part of the solutions to a just transition for the valley. We'll be hearing from young people about what they want to see as the future of the Latrobe Valley. Um, so if people wanted to come just for one day, that would be a great day to come down into Morwell on the 25th or come along for, yeah, for, the whole, for the whole walk. Yeah, exactly. totally, and being sponsored by family and friends to, to really see and to help and support a just transition.